What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And we've got a new look with the same great taste. We are here with episode 88, where we're going to talk about will video games ever cease to exist? Yeah. We got it. We got a new logo. We it, do. Yeah. It is uh, pineapple themes. It is. Yeah. So uh, the reason why we have the pineapples is because pineapples belong on pizza. And those are facts. Well, I'm allergic to pineapple, so I wouldn't know. Oh, no. Yeah. Also, I don't think I'd like that very much anyway. So Yeah. No, it's actually about infertility and reaching out to other couples um, who, um, you know, struggle with that. But uh, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah? Yeah. How are you, though? I'm okay. Yeah? I need to get I mean, free coffee this week like I did last week, but... By the way, if you want a more uh, in-depth ex- uh, in-depth explanation of the logo, we talked about it on this past Wednesday's upload on the YouTube channel. I will uh, link it up here and put it in the description. So if you want to learn more, you can uh, check out that video. Uh, but Liz, continue. What? Uh, how was your... How was it good? It was just good. Nothing bad happened. Wasn't too busy at work. Yeah. Got Chinese food. Yeah. Chinese That's food. A, yeah, it was Chinese food night. It was Chinese and food night. And I tried night. something newish. Newish? Well, I knew I kind of liked it because um what I got at the buffet mm-hmm. when I went with your mom a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I know I like that. Let me try it like with some with like the the shrimp in it." Right. So yeah. Yeah, my week was uh, also pretty good. Yeah. If anybody really cares. Um, I think I can nobody really listens to it that I know about, but uh I started a new job in March. Yeah. Which finally uh it will give us more time together. And why is that? Because it's at your job. It is. Adam's gonna come join me at my job. I'm so excited to work yeah. with my husband every day. Ouch. But uh, yeah, so I I prefer this job much better because uh, restaurant work is a lot on my knees, and that's coming from a guy who's done bodybuilding for a while. Yeah, and it's it is a lot on my knees. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, we've got a new logo. I got a new job coming. Uh, Liz had a good week, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I got nothing going for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cool. Well, okay. I got I got the better video editor. You did. I'm super confused. Yeah, if you saw that, if you're on YouTube and you're watching this and you saw the new intro, I edited that on the on Premiere, Premiere Pro. Pro, whereas before I was editing on Premiere Elements. Yeah, which is cheaper and a lot easier, <laughs> sort True. of in a way. I think I only found it easier because I've been using it for over a year now to edit. Um. But yeah, so bear with me as I'm learning Premiere Pro, but I definitely have more avail- more things available to me mm-hmm. with Premiere Pro. So I'm excited to see what we can do with it. So I think we can get started with the, with the episode today. Don't you agree? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> so before we get into our first segment, we want, we want to remind all of you that we're on social media. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. You can check us out. You can check us out there. 
Also, follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. We can uh, check out some behind the scenes photos every now and again. We're going to work on our Instagram game a little bit better. Um, yeah, I need access to that. Yeah. I need to take over. And then uh, <laughs> I, I will give you the credentials this okay. week. I'll take uh, over. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook. You just search for us on Facebook. Definitely check out our website, gamesgroceries.com. We can check out uh, any you know articles that I write. I'm going to try to get better at that uh, now that we have more free time a little bit. Uh, and check out some of the episodes on the website and find out where can you listen to the audio versions of the podcast. You can check it out on the website. And if you haven't already... If you haven't already, definitely hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as our new videos that we talked about on Wednesday's episode as well. Uh, we are going to be starting those on Saturday. They're going to be bi-weekly. I'm really nervous to start them because, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a new venture for us, but mm -hmm. we're really excited for this YouTube journey. Journey. So with all that said and done... Let's move into our first segment, Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, not so much Disney+, Plus, and in theaters, and we like to recommend it or we don't recommend it. I say we don't talk about Disney Plus enough because, okay, so after The Mandalorian, a really quick side note, after The Mandalorian... Like, we're watching Kim Possible right now. Yeah, I think we're getting our money's worth in Kim Possible episodes. But just, like, I look through Disney Plus, and I'm just like... Eh. It's more nostalgia for it's us right nostalgia now. nostalgia, and if you have kids. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. It's nostalgia for us right now, but I think once we have kids, it'll be a lot more worth it. Yeah. Because we can show them not only our shows that we had growing up, but it also will have their shows and their movies. Mm -hmm. So... I still think it's worth it. And there are movies on there that I want to watch that I got didn't get to watch yet. Yeah. So. But. uh, And like movies that I didn't, that you know, I haven't watched in years that I want to watch. So it's worth it. It's all worth it. So let's get into this week's movie, though. Uh, we found this movie on Netflix. It's a movie I wanted to watch for a while, ever since it's come out. And I just, you know, it's one of those movies that yeah, you just I just never. never it wasn't as intriguing as another movie. So you never got around to it. Yeah. Uh, and it is starring Zac Efron. And didn't you say there was somebody from Teen Wolf? Oh, no. Somebody from Hunger Games. Did there you... were a couple people. Um, yes. Um, well, let me just say the title of the movie. Yeah. Uh, we Are Your Friends. And it stars Zac yes. Efron and some people that Liz recognizes, apparently. Uh, opening thoughts. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It was good. I wasn't. There were times where we weren't sure where it was going. Right. But it was all around. I think it was it was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, it's Zac Efron. Can't go wrong with Zac Efron. That's the thing. I feel like Zac Efron is one of those actors that is just very underrated. I, I, I feel like he's got, gotten better treatment than Robert Pattinson uh, in a way of like, you know, redemption. Uh, Zac Efron isn't really defined by High School Musical as Robert Pattinson but is defined by Twilight. But you want to know why? Why? Because Zac Efron did more hit movies after. Right. Because after High School Musical, he went, bam, hairspray. And yeah. that was, I think, the starting point. Because mm -hmm. they stopped seeing him as Troy 
whatever his last name was. I don't yeah. know his last name. But they stopped seeing him as High School Musical and they said, like, oh, he can do that because his hair was, like, so different. Right. And, like, I... That was the big thing. Like, if you ask me and my friend Elena, mm-hmm. we didn't have crushes on Zac Efron yeah. until Hairspray. We did not see the attraction in in High School Musical. We didn't understand it in High School Musical. We saw Hairspray. We were like, mm, yes. Dang. So I think that's the difference that Rob Pattinson, he did movies, but he did more indies. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get that recognition that Zac Efron was because Zac Efron did hits instead of indies. Right. That's my theory. Well, speaking of indies, We Are Your Friends is definitely an indie film. Yes. Um, And let me just go into my first note. So uh, We Are Your Friends is about the life of Cole Carter, uh, who is an up-and-coming EDM artist. Uh, and, you know, you see him in the house and just trying to, like, make these different kind of beats. And he's uh, And he's at a bar and just playing every Thursday night. He gets free drinks for it. So it's just kind of like his up-and-coming story. And the whole... We are your friends. He's got this um, friend group, right? That kind of like it, it, they're a bunch of daydreamers, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is an actor. The other one is kind of I, like I, his manager. His manager, and then you got another guy, Squirrel, and uh, he just kind of is there. Yeah, um, I don't know what he does. And then you know Zac Efron's character, Cole Carter, you know, finds a mentor, and you know he takes him to different places. So that's kind of like the general mm-hmm. synopsis. But my first note is like you're coming into a life of Cole Carter that is already established. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of expo- exposition needed, but now I would say I, I would say there's a lot of expo- exposition wanted. But it's not needed. Yeah, you don't need to know his backstory to get this. But you're kind of interested in what it was because they do make small comments toward it. Like they originally planned on putting it in, but then they decided not to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd be. But yeah, I agree. It's not needed, but it's definitely something that you're like, wait, I want to know why he's why is he here? Why is he living here? Where's these people? Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, I agree. And the, the whole film you're trying to figure out where they're going in the story because at first I thought this was going to be the EDM version of Whiplash where Mm. it takes a deep focus. Like what Whiplash does, it takes a deep focus on jazz music and jazz drumming. And I thought this was going to be kind of Whiplash in EDM where it it was going to be like, um, you know, uh, oh, who is the guy from uh, JK, JK Simmons. I thought J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons was going to come up and be like, faster, again! But, you know, in, like, EDM-based drops. That'd be sick. Anyways. Weird. But, um, yeah, no, it's not really about that. It's more of the line of his morality, where he kind of puts his ties in, uh, who his friends really are. Uh, it, it's kind of the life of Cole Carter. But yeah. this is my second note. During the movie, I wasn't sure. Okay, so here's my second note. I wasn't sure if I should root for Cole in this movie. You always root for Zac Efron. Well, no, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like you always root for him. And that's the, it was kind of like watching Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition because it's Tom Hanks. He's a good guy, but he's the bad guy in Road to Perdition. And same thing with this, where you're rooting for Zac Efron because he's a cutie. But... <laughs> In this movie, his character is just such um, like he, he I hate it. He's he's not a bad guy in this. He, he is just, though. No, he's not a bad guy. He just doesn't. He just wasn't thinking straight. But mm. he's still the good guy because the things he does, he thought he was doing, doing for something his, good. 
Yeah, like he. You know what I mean? Like he didn't realize that what he was doing was bad. Right. Well, like. like he, but he was still nice. Like you saw in the movie that he had morality. Yeah. Like he had strong morals. Like he wouldn't do certain things because he knew it was wrong. But you know, there there's a certain uh, light spoilers here. There's a certain girl in the movie where I'm just like, dude, just drop her. Just just drop. Just stop. Just find another one. You, you shouldn't be going after this one. Stop it. Stop. Stop it now. Stop. And he keeps going. And that's the thing. Like, he makes these stupid decisions. And I was just like, am I supposed to root for Cole in this movie? Always. No. But <laughs> you're just saying that because of abs. But. I don't care about his abs. And that's the thing. Like, I wasn't sure. And I... I was writing this movie at a five and a half. It's just average. I'm mm-hmm. not sure where we're going in this. And I was just writing that wave of a five. Yeah. My final note is the third act brings everything together. Like in the whole movie, you're just kind of like, okay, what direction are we going in? Much like this conversation. What direction are we going in? <laughs> Am I supposed to be rooting for Zac Efron? Uh, or is his career going to go anywhere? It's it just kind of all a little frustrating. And I wasn't sure where we're going in this, but the third act is so beautiful. It, it really yeah, is. It was Be- well done. Because, you know, okay, so this is where we get into spoiler territory, so I won't say too much. But at the end, it's all about redemption. It's all about morality. And more importantly, the third act is all about perception and it puts everything, everything in Zac Efron's character's life. It puts everything in Cole Carter's life into perception. Perspective. What perspective. Pers- no, it's like his perspective. Um, perspective. Perception. Perspective. It's perspective. Per- panda bear. But, <laughs> but it puts everything into perspective for him what he should be doing, how he should be treating people, who his friends really are, how he should be treating his friends, and so beautifully done. So that's my last note, but I think we should get into our final ratings here. What did you think about the movie? Why? I gave it a seven and a half Okay. because I enjoyed it. I really love the artistic style they did with it. It To me, actually, I wanted to add this little tiny note here, was that it seemed to me the way that... Um, the um 90s okay movie the skater movie oh uh, oh oh keep going and the I'll... way that it seems like that's where it wanted to be but it wasn't um but it was really good it was i, I loved the artistic liberty they took with it i like the artistic shots mm-hmm. i enjoy this movie there were just some things that i'm just like why yeah why they do this why like things just I, they're just little things but um I really enjoyed it. It was good. Not a waste of time. I also gave it a seven and a half because it's not a solid film because there were so many times in your, in your watching this where you're just like, why? Or you're just kind of confused in the direction. And is this going to be more about EDM music or is it going to be about Cole's character and who's this mentor person? But the end pays off so well that it raises my five and a half to a seven and a half, a Mm 7.5, a seven being, this is a decent movie. This is fine. This is good. And I think it's just that much more than a decent movie. Yeah. I would give it a seven and a half because of the third act. Yeah. But I will say in the second act, 
there's some things that are in question and you're just wondering why. But Ooh, but that third act. That third act is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I think uh this movie is only an hour and thirty six minutes. Yeah, it wasn't too long. Yeah. So it doesn't overstay its welcome. I think it's a movie well worth watching. Um for anybody that's watching this, you know, who's sensitive to uh, you know, movies that depict drugs and sex. It, this is a hard I, I shouldn't say a hard R. It's it's a rated R movie. Um, it does go into details of like how this EDM life kind of affects you negatively mm-hmm. with uh, parties and drugs and uh, women. And it's just like um, it kind of puts that in perspective. So if you're kind of sensitive towards that, it's definitely a rated R film. So definitely uh, put that in your little mindset. Um, but yeah, I think that can do it. Again, that's uh, We Are Your Friends. You can find it on Netflix. I recommend it. Yep. Liz recommends it. Recommends it. Um, it is not Whiplash with EDM. No. All right. So let's just jump into our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. So like we said, we like to do this top three gaming news. And it's personally to us, the top three gaming news. So Let's start with our number three gaming news. And this is about, oh, our good buddy, Phil Spencer. Um, he's my good buddy. We are best friends. We are Biffs. And we're going to get ice cream cones after we record this episode. You don't like ice cream. Well, quiet, you. Uh, so, Phil, Sp- <laughs> <laughs> Phil Spencer um, has gone on record. Now, this is the whole next gen coming out. By the way, little side um like honorable mention the xbox series x and ps5 might be delayed due to Mm -hmm. coronavirus that that's pretty much it like and that's a rumor that's not really established but you know the next gen is coming up pretty soon maybe into 2021 because of the coronavirus but you know that leads into this interview that phil spencer was a part of and okay let me just say his quote here which is pretty interesting Phil Spencer, who is head of Xbox, says, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them. But we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward, says Spencer. That's not to disrespect Nintendo or Sony, uh, but the traditional but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, which is their cloud gaming uh, format uh, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud in the cloud for years over the years uh, so Phil Spencer is now saying that Nintendo and Sony are no longer part of their competitors in fact I love what he says that they're out of position mm. uh, but it's actually going to be Amazon and Google who are the main competitors uh, that are equipped for their future and I think this is just a big sign that the Xbox brand is going more for cloud gaming and mm-hmm. there's more going to be a platform than it is going to be a gaming uh, console. Yeah, I agree because like if they're like not counting Nintendo and Sony as their competitors anymore, yeah. and they're saying Amazon and Google, which are streaming. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, it looks like Xbox is looking towards doing more of a streaming platform than being like 
a console. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they do. But, it, he, you know, he definitely tells a little bit with this quote. Yeah. And um, it's kind of weird that he puts in Google here where a lot of people are trying to jumping ship from Stadia. And it's just a little odd that he includes Google in this, not NVIDIA. But he's putting in Amazon and Google uh, as main competitors. And that tells me that because Phil Spencer has his ear to the ground with mm -hmm. his competitors, he's not stupid. Whether or not you think the man is stupid, he made Game Pass. Um, or he, like, you know, he greenlit it anyway. But he he's respecting Google as a competitor. And that tells me that Stadia might have some, you know, tricks up the sleeve that Phil Spencer knows that we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's an interesting quote. And that's why it's number three. It's just a, it's just a quote mm -hmm. uh, saying that, like, the future is game streaming and their main focus is game streaming. And I think that's where Xbox is going, where PlayStation and Nintendo are, stay, are staying their grounds in the terms of, like, game consoles. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Any other thoughts? No. Yeah. Uh, but cool quote. Cool quote, dude. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so number two. Oh, man. Hmm. So this is a game that we're looking forward to. We are. Uh, this is about Animal Crossing. Ooh. Animal Crossing New Horizons is the game that I want to play. Good job. Thanks. Beautiful. Uh, so this is some bad news. Um, oh, boy. So this past week, like this has been going around since last Tuesday and more and more information comes out. In fact, um, you know, Pulling back the curtains, we record these on Fridays. They come out on Mondays. That's because, you know, we edit the video. What we, Liz does. Um, and that's the thing. Like, so by the time this episode comes out, more information might be coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Animal Crossing save files might be an issue. So, again, let me read a quote here and then let's discuss this. So, this is from uh, Kotaku. By the way, all the articles that we're discussing, link down below in the description. So, if you want to check them out for yourself, they're linked down below. Um, oh, no. I just realized there's a, there's a spelling er error right off, the, right off the gate on this quote. Good mm -hmm. job, Kotaku. Payers. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to say players. Uh, players can only create one island per switch system one island per switch uh even if they create more user accounts or buy extra copies of the game uh their save data will also be locked to the switch it started on no transfers allowed between consoles uh new horizons will not support cloud saves Although Nintendo is working on a save data backup feature for the game that will launch at some unspecified point in the future. Liz, opening thoughts. Well, as far as the island, I don't have a problem with that mm -hmm. because that's how it was in, in the GameCube version. Yeah. When it came out, you know, you, you, you shared. Can, but you can swap uh, memory cards. You could. Mm -hmm. But... You know, wherever that storage was, you shared that island. There were like four houses, I think. Yeah. And you shared that space with the other people who saved there. Right. You know, so I don't have a problem with that. A lot of games do that, and I don't mind that. 
As far as the no transfers, no save backup, Mm -hmm. that bothers me because like, especially when it comes to the Switch, because the Switch is used by a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Kids break things because they don't realize that when they drop this, it might shatter. Yeah. And things get broken and things get lost. And then these days things get stolen and to not be able to have your have your game still on another console, like be able to get a new switch. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to start the whole thing all over again. Like that's, that's a little insane to me. Mm -hmm. Um, in this day and age, that should not be a problem. This shouldn't even be a topic. Now going back to your first point, uh, and that's a lot of people what they're arguing right now. Like, well, that's how it's always been. Now here's the thing. Um, it's 2020. Like, here's the thing. Technologies are advancing and I know it's, you know, it's been a thing since, you know, the GameCube version, but you're telling me that, you know, Liz can create her Island and I can create my Island. But if we're using the same switch system, like I can't, like, I don't know. It's just kind of stupid to me. Then that's just kind of like. I want to create my own island. I'll play with you. You're my wife. And that's, you know, that's great. I guess maybe I'm not understanding what the problem is because I don't really know much about New Horizons. Like, I don't know what you like. You create your own island. Like, like you basically have like a deserted island and you get to design the way you want. So it would be like. Now I'm understanding the problem. So it would be like if you were playing Sims Mm -hmm. and I get to mess up your house that you're specifically designing. Gotcha. Now I understand, and now I have a problem with it. And I am. At, I was imagining like just the original Animal Crossing, where it's not like you can change anything; you just live there. No, you change everything. It's customi- uh, customizable, oh. and that's well. A th- then yeah, I have a problem with that because we are, do not have the same styles. No, and and that's the thing is that like. Guess we need to buy another Switch. I guess so. <laughs> Yellow. Well, let's let's buy that Animal Crossing one. Anyways. Oh, anyway. No, no they're bad. <laughs> no, we'll not give you more of my money. Anyways. But here's the thing. It's 2020, and I feel yeah. like this is so anti-consumer, and, like, technology is advancing so far that, like, why can't we have our own island? Yeah, and if you're going to make it something that's customizable right. per person, like, why would you have it one island? Do you know what kids will do to that? Yeah. Like, I know that, like, from watching other siblings and right. having two sisters... That siblings, like, if you're forcing them to have share this island mm-hmm. that they're creating, someone's going to get mad and someone's going to delete something. Yeah. And that someone's been working on. Someone's going to crush something. Someone's going to take something away. Someone's going to paint. Like, it's going to be it's going to be horrible. This and, is a horrible idea. And the fact that it's not supporting cloud saves. A Nintendo first party game yeah. is not supporting cloud saves. Like, that's ridiculous to me. Like, and they're saying like, oh, Nintendo is now looking into it. We'll, we'll see. It's just like, it's so dumb. It's a first party game, Nintendo. Like, I'm sorry I'm getting so frustrated about Animal Crossing, but it's just like, it's 2020. And this is the thing that's most frustrating about Nintendo games is that they feel like they, it feels like they have no budget when they have all the budget, Mm -hmm. especially Pokemon. Like Pokemon has the highest budget possible in all ips and we should expect more of them yeah same thing with all these nintendo games it's like you know animal crossing especially yeah should have all the budget 
we know that you can do this, so why are you not doing it? They, they pretend that, you know, they're broke, but come on. Yeah. But that that's all I have to really say. Anything else? No. We're still buying Animal Crossing. Well, yeah. Like, that's the this thing. This isn't going to stop us from buying it. It's just yeah. inconvenient. Yeah, it's just like, mm, burr, burr, burr. I hate this. Here's my money. <laughs> I, I'm still buying Animal Crossing. Don't yeah. worry about that. It's just that I'm I'm frustrated. Yeah. Uh so let's go into our number one gaming news though. And that is uh this is a big deal though. This honestly is because Rockstar, uh the the game company, obviously, uh Rockstar, the co-founder, Dan Hauser, is leaving the company. Mm-hmm. He's leaving the company in March, but this is after a year-long vacation that's just crazy maybe he was soul searching maybe because well let me get into this so a little backstory here um if you remember who dan hauser is by the way he is the co-founder with his brother sam i believe yeah sam sam hauser uh him and his brother founded rockstar but if you don't remember who he is if you remember when red dead redemption 2 was being in production and in the crunch time Dan Hauser was the one who made the quote about the 100-hour work weeks mm-hmm. as if he was proud of it. And then he clarified and said, no, 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 no. Only, like, the management is doing 100-hour work weeks, including himself. Mm-hmm. He was doing 100-hour work weeks. Once that game launched, it looks like – well, okay, let me read this quote real quick. This is, this is coming from a filing from um, 2K Games. Um, and it says, according to this from Eurogamer, by the way, according to a new file filing posted at Take Two's, sorry, Take Two's, uh, investor relations website, uh, it says after an extended break beginning in the spring of 2019, he's still on it. Beginning in the spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, vice president, creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company on the 11th of March 2020. He's been on a year-long break, and he deserves it, by the way. Yeah. But it's kind of insane that, like, he was the one that said, like, we're working 100-hour work weeks, and he's just like, I can't do this anymore. And he goes on sabbatical, basically, uh, for a year, and then he just ends up saying to the company, like, you know what? I'm not coming back. I want a company to pay me to take a year off of work. Well, be a be a co-founder of a huge game company. Okay. Yeah. We'll get on that. Any thoughts? Um I understand it. Like after working that many hours. Yeah. And probably after seeing what his life could be like, mm-hmm. you know, not doing anything. Yeah. It it doesn't he's really like s- I understand. And he's just like, I don't want to go back to work. Yeah. Like, like that's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound like he's going into another company. It just sounds like he's he's, he's can't done. Do it. Yeah, he's just done, and I don't blame him. No. After the crunch hours of Rockstar, and it's it's come out in reports saying that like Rockstar Games is not like the best company to work for. Yeah. Um, but it's his company, so it doesn't really work for it. True. Now reports have come out that stock for Rockstar Games has dropped drastically. And th- this decision is affecting the company a lot. Now, Sam, his role is staying the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still going to be where he is. Nothing's really going to change about it. That That's according to the filing report. Um, 
but it's just insane. Like, like a co-founder just Mm -hmm. takes a year long break and says, you know what? I've had enough. I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think this is going to affect the games industry more than people think. I think this might be a ripple effect. I don't think he's going to another game industry. I don't think, I think he's just done. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. But I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah. Uh, by the way, another little side, like honorable mention in the top three gaming news. Uh, speaking of people who are leaving, Rod Ferguson of uh, the Coalition, who made Gears Four and Five, mm-hmm. uh, he's leaving the Coalition to head up the Dela- D- Delabo <laughs> uh, Diablo franchise. Well, yeah, good for Rod Ferguson. Good for him. But uh, yeah, so about Dan Hauser, it's very unfortunate, but. You know, I, I I can't blame the guy. So mm-hmm. um, anything else to say? I don't think so. Cool. All right. So like like we said, like uh, the top three gaming news, Phil Spencer says that Nintendo and Sony are not really competitors in his eyes. It's actually Amazon and Google, which means that Xbox is going in the way of cloud gaming. Uh, Nintendo are being annoying and saying that you can't transfer save files of Animal Crossing and they're being all weird about it. And finally, Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar, and this is going to have a huge ripple effect on the games industry. Uh, if you want to check out any of those articles, they're linked down below. I uh, highly recommend you do your reading. Uh, don't take my word for it. Take uh, your gamer's word for it. So, with that said and done, let's just move on to our final segment. Every single week here on the Games Groceries podcast, we like to talk about things in the games industry, whether it be about female gamers or game preservation. We just like to talk about it for a half an hour or so. And this is our big topic that we like to end our uh, podcast with. And that today, this one, this thing, episode 88, uh, we want to talk about will video games ever cease to exist? Exciting. So we always like to start our conversations by defining the conversation. And let's talk about it. Why would somebody, why would somebody actually think that video games could end eventually? Like, what do you think? I think what would spark that idea is just how negative it's been lately. Yeah. Like just from the past couple of years, like we were talking earlier in the top three gaming news that, Dan Hauser was working so much and Mm -hmm. that whole year just spiked like companies just like going crazy, working people like crazy. Like it just kind of came out like how bit, how long of days developers and creators have when they're working on a game. Talk about Anthem. Exactly. Yeah. So I think just like in the past couple of years, so much negative stuff has been coming out. Yeah. The, The consumers have been, more critical yeah and the developers have become just not pleasant towards the consumers right and even like the game awards is getting not fun to watch the mm-hmm. e3 is not getting fun to watch yeah like it just kind of like i can see where someone would think this because it does feel like the game games themselves are doing they're doing okay they're not even great at that really right now and you either because they all come out half done yeah that's a whole other subject that we don't want to get me started on Mm -hmm. but it just seems like the gaming community Mm -hmm. hasn't been at its best the past few years where i can see why 
Some people would think like, how long is this going to last? How long are, are yeah. we going to deal with this? Is it, it's either going to get much better or it's going to die. Yeah. In my opinion, I, you know, just to piggyback off you, I think that it, it people think that it's going to end because of the negativity and not mm-hmm. only that, but when uh parliament called into question Epic games yeah. and, uh, and uh, EA games with the whole surprise mechanics. Yeah. And when that, you're bringing the political, like, political parties and the government yeah. into this stuff it's like whoa okay so we're being taken seriously and we're not sure how to handle that <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is that like there's a lot of spotlight on video games right now in whether a it be negative about, light yeah whether it be about violence the microtransactions the negativity or the spotlight within the gaming community like mm-hmm. what you said dan hauser or with how anthem was made and yeah. bioware like as as a whole Bethesda Game Studios, you know, it's just crumbling right yeah. now. And I think even more importantly, because I didn't even think of what you said, like the public spotlight, mm-hmm. video games aren't looking too good. Even though studies show that video games don't cause violence in yeah. people or anything, that's how the public sees it. Yeah. And that can do a lot of damage in any yeah. community. And I think when you look at this more deeply, I, I think that's where you kind of get this almost like this fear Uh, like could video games cease to exist someday because it's just getting harder and harder Mm -hmm. now going to my next point it speaking about games getting harder they're they're getting larger and more expensive to make yeah and and that's the thing when people talk about microtransactions in games and we talked about this a little bit on another episode of the podcast which i don't remember which number um but we (laughs) we talked about how games are getting more expensive to make and yet we're we're kind of bashing microtransactions now i think there are predatory microtransactions i i definitely agree mm-hmm. with that but they have to fund these projects so much in fact yeah hold on um what do you, what do you think about it while i fact check myself what do i think about it yeah about the microtransactions and how they're getting more expensive i I understand that games are getting more expensive. And I've said this in other episodes oh, also that um, that I understand they're getting more expensive and harder to put out and all these things. But I still think a game should be complete upon release. It should not have a day one patch. And as far as microtransactions, I don't... As long as they're not something that helps you advance in the game, like you can only pass level three if you have this knife that costs $30, you know? Yeah. Those things I don't agree with. But as far if you want to dress your character with like $100 worth of microtransactions, go ahead. Now, okay, so I was just fact-checking myself here. So... Talking about how games are getting much more expensive to make. Now, talking about the big budget games, like talking about when now putting into perspective about inflation and all that. I get that. Fine. But work with me here. Halo 2, the massive, massive game when it first came out. In fact, I might make a video about how Halo 2 changed my life. I definitely will because Halo 2 was a phenomenon in my life. But the budget for this game, now this is just a quick, you know, internet search. So I might be wrong. But the budget for Halo 2 was around $20 million. Okay. $20 million, 2004. Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out in 2018, the budget was 
eighty to a hundred million dollars. Oh my goodness. Eighty to a hundred million. Again, this is just a quick Google search, so I might be wrong. But put that in perspective, games are getting much more expensive. And to produce these games, it's taking a lot more maintenance. It's taking a lot more manpower. And, you know, some might think that this this could be uh, a bad sign for gaming. Now, going into my next point, though, even about budgets and more expensive, another reason why people might think that this, you know, could spell an end for video games someday. Uh, we talked about this, about uh, Joe Biden's words about mm-hmm. video games and how politicians someday might be getting their hand on video game laws. And they're really going to put some heavy laws and, um, you know, pro, uh, pro, 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 probationary. There you go. Some probationary I watches. Helped, but I didn't know where you were going. Probationary watches on mm-hmm. games. And it's just kind of like how the government can have that kind of power yeah. over games where they might be just innocent. Yeah. They're not about violence, but... You know, the government say, oh, there's this in it. That's violent. Exactly. Like, what do you think about that? That even the government can have a hand on video games. I think the besides the Green Party. (laughs) You don't know where they stand on video games. Well, I they want them to be digital. That's probably about it. Yeah, but we're Green Party. We love video games. So that means all Green Party likes. I don't think so. Okay. anyway, so just that (laughs) she's not even running. You were saying? Um, so I think the most like rule in games should just be the ratings. Mm-hmm. You can make the ratings more intense like they did with movies. If you watch a movie that was rated PG in the 90s and a movie that's rated PG today, they'll be very different. Yeah. Because Big Daddy is PG. Yeah. He curses in that movie. Yeah. It would be PG-13 today. Mm-hmm. So same thing with video games. You can change where those things land on that scale of how they're rated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all there should be. I think when it comes to stopping kids from doing things in video games, I think that's up to the parents. Yeah. You know, same thing with movies and TV. We want video games to, the well, the gaming community, wants video games to become normalized like movies and TV. Yeah. The way to do that is to treat them like movies and TV. It's up to the parents. Right. The parent wants their five-year-old watching a rated PG-13 to rated R movie. That's, you know, that's on them. Mm-hmm. You know, like same thing with video games. It's up to the parent to decide if this is a game that they want their, you know, 10-year-old to be playing. Yeah. You know, so as far as I feel like, not feel like, I just wish that, politicians and people who aren't in the gaming community would understand that like people look at the gaming community like oh it's it's the separate thing Mm -hmm. it's not it's another form of entertainment just like books movies and tv yeah and that's the thing um i i I think that there's a lot of stigma against video games right now whether it be about in the gaming community in the public eye in Mm -hmm. the politician's eye and when we talk about why people would even question what video games ever cease to exist there's a lot of factors going against video games right mm-hmm. now um and and even on the on the littlest fact on the tiniest fact here gamers are kind of growing up even right now i'm 29 years old and i do a video game podcast and i already talked about how i have a gaming backlog um 
uh, New Year's resolution. And I'm finding it difficult even getting through that because I yeah. have so little time. By the way, uh, quick question. Write in comments down below or tweet at me at Ace the Grocer. I said that I would put The Witcher 3 in my games category. Is it okay to skip that? I'm like 15 or 20 hours in and I'm just like, ah, I'm not, I'm not really into it. Is it okay if I, you know, kind of get that off or should I stick to my resolution? Write in the comments down below. I've barely started my backlog. Sorry. Yeah. But it's probably uh, not going to happen. I just want to get the sunset overdrive. But anyways, um, I'm, I'm getting off topic, but you know, going into a lighter side of gaming here though, uh, people are always saying this that like, you know, Okay, by the way, like to finish my thought, you know, gamers growing up, we're getting less time. The younger generation is all about Fortnite and mm -hmm. uh, they're not really growing up in this stage where, you know, video games are this beautiful thing, blah, blah, blah. But that's a generalization. That's a generalization. Mm -hmm. I think that video games will change in the times. Let me slam my phone down. No, you're so violent when you talk. I need to take things nope. from you. Nope. I need no you almost poked my eye out with this earlier I need that that's my pen anyways um but yeah so <laughs> however we've seen studies that video games don't cause violence and you brought this up mm -hmm. we've seen studies overseas in Sweden we've seen studies you know in America yeah that video games do not cause violence and actually you know are better for the mind too yeah. we've seen studies that it could help prevent dementia yeah i mean and i know personally for me i feel like video games are a way of releasing mm -hmm. that aggression yeah that's just all i had to say oh it just that was like for me personally like i feel like that would be that's a good way of re releasing that aggression by mm-hmm going crazy in a game and there's been studies where that's exactly what yeah. there are is that it releases tension now i asked you on uh twitter and instagram uh I'll, I'll ask you every friday or whenever we record these podcasts uh what do you think and i'll ask you about the topic and um yeah i want to hear your thoughts we'll we'll pick like three to five uh but since this is new kind of um we only have two today but one's from Volt Supreme, and I asked, you know, do you think video games will ever cease to exist? Uh, Volt Supreme has to say, never. The definitions might shift over time, and this is what we're going to go into. But even then, people still love the old school retro styles. Yep, I, I agree with that. So I think we'll get a broader definition of games that will still encompass what we know as games today. And Nikki has uh, something similar to say. Do you want to read Nikki's, by the way? Sure. At Commander Nikki. Yes. She says, maybe not in a way off disappearing, but in a way of changing form. Mm -hmm. Gladiator fights don't exist anymore, but now we have wrestling and boxing, even though that exists just as long, mm -hmm. or some other violent spectator sports. But I can't tell and imagine where video games will be going. I like what she says. Uh, by the way, Nikki, fantastic point. Gladiator fights don't exist anymore, but we have wrestling and mm -hmm. boxing. That's uh, a good point. I never thought of that. And Or some other violent spectator sports. And that's an interesting point to say is that video games might not exist in the way we see them today. Much like what Volt says, you know, like people love the retro style um, I think retro 
video games are coming back in the way of pixel art and the way of indie devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of indie games out there, including Celeste, which just came out in 2018, which was fantastic, by the way, mm-hmm. um, where the retro style is still in play today. Yeah. And what Nikki says is that, you know, video games could change over time where, you know, we don't see video games in the same way as retro, mm-hmm. where, you know, you broke up boxes and you got health potions all the time and, um, you know, yeah. collectibles, you know, click all the stars and whatnot. But it might not be like that, but video games as a definition could change over time. And what do you think about that? I think that's an interesting point of view because you don't really think back and think, of, well, I don't. Mm-hmm. think back and see how different video games are from when we were younger to now, like the style of them. Right. Like I was just thinking, I'm like, you're right. When we were younger, it was more of walking around and solving a puzzle or opening yeah. a box. And it, it was more collection games yeah. than it was stories. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I have my Mary Kate and actually sweet 16 game boy advance game in my head. I don't know wow. why that's what came into my head, but that's what it is. Yeah. But and then today it's a lot of more narrative games. Yeah, there's a story behind everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I do think that's an interesting point because I never thought of it that way, how it can change of the way we play in the future. Like back then it was solving puzzles. Today it's following a story. And Mm -hmm. who knows, you know, what the next thing will be. Yeah. Why were you looking at me like that? Uh, can a man just look at his wife like no, a creep? No. <laughs> I will look like a creep. Anyways, so. Stop that. Really thinking about this, um, kind of wrapping up our conversation here a little bit. But, you know, not wrapping up, but like, I know what I was talking about. <laughs> it's time for bed. Really? Yeah. I've had a long week. Um but yeah, I, I think that indie devs are really going to take the rise nowadays. And I mm-hmm. think what we see video games as these indie devs have this sort of not I was going to say vendetta. Uh, indie devs have kind of this heart, this this mm-hmm. drive to redefine what story writing is. Last week, we had an indie game writer, uh, Alyssa Payne, on the show. And even she was talking about how, you know, I asked her the question, how do you want to inspire people, you know, other game writers? And she wants to kind of change the way game writing is, you know, made. Mm-hmm. She wants to change the way that story writing is perceived. And I think that's what these indie developers are all about. Even Nick DiPaolo, who we got on the show, Nick DiPaolo, his whole topic was breaking the mold. And mm-hmm. these indie developers have this heart to change what video games are all about. And I think that's what's going to really change games. Uh, even more so, I think game streaming is going to make it more accessible to the mainstream. Because think about this. Um, we can't really tell the mainstream to play video games because first you have to buy uh, the actual box. It's expensive to be a gamer. Y- yeah. I mean, you have to buy the box. Mm-hmm. Then you have to buy the game. Then you have to pick up the controller. I, 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 th- there's a lot of steps. Well, you got to hook it all up. Yeah, you got to hook it all up. But game streaming, if all you have to do now, once game streaming becomes more accessible, I mean, think about this, you know, movie streaming, Netflix, Hulu, Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, you get to really um, uh, immerse yourself in more movies than you ever were in your entire life versus a DVD player. 
You know, yeah. you're streaming these movies and you and you get access to way more movies than ever before. In the same way with game streaming, you're going to get access to way more game genres for the mainstream anyway. I just need to say that when you said that DVD player and before you said that, I love how you went to DVD player. I went to my bookcase full of VHS tapes. Wow. That fit a bookcase fits a whole lot more DVDs than VHS tapes. And I just thought that was funny that you went to like the most recent thing. I went to like the oldest thing I knew. My goodness. But that's the thing is that like I think game streaming will make video games a lot yeah. more accessible. Yeah. Whether or not you want to game stream, I think the mainstream audiences are kind of nervous to get an Xbox because it's a lot of investment to put yeah, in just is. to play one or two games versus mm-hmm. game streaming. Yeah. You get to have a lot more accessibility. Mm-hmm. And I believe that game writers someday will be as respected as you know, actual screenwriters because we're getting a lot more celebrities in games. Yeah. Look at Death Stranding. Yeah. And how Hideo Kojima is kind of like changing the game for celebrity cameos Mm -hmm. in video games. You know, Keanu Reeves is being in Cyberpunk 2077, which isn't the first time because if you ever played Matrix Path of Neo, which was an okay game, um, Enter the Matrix is way better. Get at me, Bob Wolf. But did he do the voice for that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let me just fact check that. Uh, what do you think about what I just said? My genius, my genius um, words. Mm-hmm. Well, I think The Matrix is a little different because it was based off of the movie he was in. So, of course, it had to look like him. Not Enter the Matrix. Enter the Matrix is so much better. Again, Bob Wolf, get at me on anyway. Twitter. Anyway. Go for it. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Uh, so I'm just looking up if uh, you know Path of Neo was voiced by Keanu Reeves. But yeah, talking about um, celebrity cameo, but celebrity cameos in video games. You know, what do you think about that? I like that because I like actors. Cool. Um, okay, so I'm not seeing him. I don't think Keanu Reeves was in this. Anyways, so we're getting off track. See, I was right. What? It was just he's not in it. Uh, but what do you think about celebrities being in video games? I'm excited to see that because I'm a movie and TV person. Like I like video games, but I love movies and TV. And so to see my favorite like actors and stuff in video games. Oh, it was Andrew Bowen. See, I was right. So it was just the character designed after his looks because he's the character in the movie. That's why... Path, uh, Path of Neo was, you know, inferior to Enter the Matrix. But anyways, um, but going back on track, that was a that was a little bit of a tangent there. Um, but I think that celebrity cameos are going to make it a lot more accessible because then you're going to think, oh wow, this person's in it. Zac Efron is in a game, oh, or even talking cool. even talking about Until Dawn. You recognized some actors in Until Dawn. You know, they oh yeah. she was in One Tree Hill. Oh she was in. Twilight, or she was in America's Top Model. Anyways, but that's the thing. With more celebrity cameos, it's going to get more respect for game writers. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you saw Zac Efron in a video game, that would be like, whew. Uh, What? Like, I mean, like, that would be, like, crazy. Like, yeah, that's what I meant by woof. Wow. Not his Woof. Anyways, 
Uh, but that's the thing. By the way, Zac Efron, how is he in just fantastic shape all the time? Like, he's in better shape than Vin Diesel, arguably. It's the magic of Zac Efron. I guess so. It's just like Tinkerbell has fairy dust. Zac Efron has just done a great body. It's just, how, it just it's there. Just how it works. Wow. <laughs> um, but wrapping up our conversation with this, um, I think games, as we know them, they will change. Just as mm-hmm. games from the 90s have changed into the 2020s yeah you know it's going to change and i don't think this is going to spell the end of video games i don't think video games will ever cease to exist but i think they'll be more accepted by the mainstream because keep in mind that the movie industry is way older than the video game industry Mm -hmm. and it took a while to get where it is yeah I mean, if you look at movies or even books, you know, like uh, I, I, you know, there were there were like all these uh, articles I've wrote, like not wrote, but read that books were considered like the most big, like the biggest waste of time when they were like in the mainstream. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But I think what you're trying to say is that if you think back to when movies first came out, when you could only see them in theaters, it was the only place you saw it. People didn't probably didn't think that they were going to go anywhere, Mm -hmm. that it was a viable profession. Or even talking about like when they first first came in, like when they were just called the talkies. I didn't even know that. Yeah. But yeah, like when when that medium was new, people didn't think anything of it. They probably didn't think that actors were going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't. Even the radio, you can say, too. Like, yeah. you can go back to when these mediums were new and people who only had books listening to the radio mm-hmm. was probably like, that's weird. Yeah. And then people who only read and listened to the radio looked at movies were like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing Like, what is that? Like, why do you care so much about it? Yeah. And it goes on from there. So I think... We have a good while before it becomes as normal as movies and TV, mm-hmm. but eventually it'll get there, hopefully yeah. in our lifetime. I think it will because our generation, the gaming generation, is going to get older. We're going to be the boomers pretty soon. And, I wouldn't say pretty soon. Less. And in our retirement homes, we will have Nintendo <laughs> 64s. That would um, be great. But that's the thing. I don't think video games will ever cease to exist, but I think they will change by definition of what we know them as. And I think it's just necessary for the future of the games industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's a good way to end things off. What do you think? Any any closing thoughts? I think we're good. Cool. Uh, so again, that was uh, that was our conversation on will video games ever cease to exist. Um, this was episode 88. We definitely have some more plans for the future in 2020. Uh, we have a lot more guests that I'm going to reach out to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you haven't already, definitely hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube or hit the notification bell or do both, I think. Um, definitely give it a like and a share if you enjoyed this episode on YouTube. And if you're listening on the audio version, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, definitely give us a you know a share with a friend and definitely write us a review so we can get up there in the ranks in iTunes. So uh, definitely give us a ranking on Podchaser or iTunes. Uh, give us your honest star feedback. We would love to read them. Uh, we read every single one of them. And you can contact me at contact at gamesgroceries.com. That's the email if you have any questions. But uh, with all that said and done, let's just end this episode. What do you think? Yep. 
Uh, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you have a safe week. Have a great week. Bye.